And with that, we begin the Mind Body Health Show. Get your microphone ready, stat, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Good morning, Cobb. Good morning. Uh, so we're here today, and we have a lovely, uh, wonderful guest with us. Dr. Joanna Rosefeld. Joanna, can you yes. hear us? Good. Hi. Muy bien. Good. Uh, we're going to have a show today on dementia, something that everybody should listen to because everyone will be worrying about this. I remember my mother at 92 asking me if she was demented, and I kept telling her if she was asking me these specific questions, she was okay. But um, maybe she actually can help diagnose myself. I can't remember things like I used to. But Dr. Rosefeld wrote a book on dementia, it's a very fascinating, multifaceted topic. It isn't just some straightforward subject like you might think. And not everybody gets it, and there's stuff to do to, prevent, to help prevention also. But first of all, Dr. Rosefeld, how are you? Fine, how are you? Just fine. So the first question is, how did you get to Mendocino County? I was in Angel's Camp really? uh, for a while, and then I decided to come up here. Uh, I worked at MCHC for several years. And now you're with Dr. Ru in Dr. Rushton's office on Dora? Yes. And you do primary care there, correct? Yes. I'm also the assistant volunteer medical director for the Hospice of Ukiah. Oh. Working with Dr. Wera. That is wonderful. That's a very um, important, uh, helpful organization, and I'm sure your dementia expertise is put to good use there. Um, I'm going to start by having you define dementia for our audience. Dementia is defined as loss of uh, medical faculties, uh, you know, um, over time, um, it isn't losing names or, you know, places or actors or something, you know, the names of actors. We all do that. Um, Harvard said that as we get older, all the connections in our brains are so immense that it's amazing we remember anybody's name. <laughs> so that is a very common thing. Everybody says, I've forgotten somebody's name. I couldn't remember a man's name last night. But that doesn't even have much to do with the definition, huh? No, it doesn't. Um, dementia takes in about 10 to 15% of people. Um, obviously, it increases in likelihood the older you are. Um, what is hard is uh, taking someone you know and love and watching them uh, decline. And so I've talked to many caretakers of demented people, and most of them are at their wit's end. And I've said things over and over, and so that's why I put it in my book, so that I can give it to my patients. Uh, you can also buy it on Amazon or at the bookstore in town. And um, the name of the book is? Caring for Your Friend with Dementia. Muy bien. Um, you know... Um, in medical school, I was surprised there's several different ways to become demented. Could you tell us the 
two or three most common uh, pathophysiology, you know, why people get demented? Well, the number one cause of dementia is classified as Alzheimer's, which is loss of memory, recent and remote, uh, and loss of social functions late. Uh, it's caused by a number of things, can be uh, infarctions, very li- you know, many little ones, or uh, just d- degeneration of your brain, I guess. Um, there's no one cause. It's, uh, Two is probably uh, Louis' body dementia, which can be by itself or with um, Parkinson's. And third would be frontotemporal dementia, which is different. And we, we're sort of in the bird-watching stage with dementia. We, many, many, they've done many, many studies, uh, and they can't figure out how to stop it, how to prevent it, how to slow it. Um, so they're just grasping at straws, seeing, you know, do the people with dementia have more X, Y, or Z, or less X, Y, or Z? And very little has been proven in good studies. I have a question, Dr. Rosenfeld. If you can step back a little bit to the definition, you said the cause of dementia is Alzheimer's, and... It's one. I, I know I get confused between Alzheimer's and dementia. So could you further define dementia a little more and kind of define Alzheimer's and how they're different? Okay. okay. Uh, dementia is the loss of, of mental faculties. Uh, and there are patterns. And that's how we can't take a picture. We can't do an MRI. We can't. Um, I mean, there are things that you may see on MRI or or something, but uh, Alzheimer's one kind, and that is uh, usually memory loss first. Uh, recent mem, you can't make new memories, and you although you may remember your fourth grade teacher's name, um, you, you know. So that is the that's Alzheimer's, and that's the biggest group. Of people with dementia. I have a question. I know that they talk a lot, a lot um, about plaques. Could you discuss plaques? Because I've heard so much stuff about plaques, but then I saw some study that says lots and lots of people have plaques and don't have dementia. So I'm confused by that. Well, um, neurofibrillary tangles or plaques are thickenings in in the brain, um, and they're often seen in people who have dementia. Um, they don't know what they're made out of quite, and they don't, people who have dementia, Alzheimer's dementia, often have the plaques, but not everybody who has the plaques has dementia. Hmm, hmm, Tough disease. Could you, um, so say that you're living with someone, and you wonder if they're becoming demented, the first thing you should look for is the new memories, that they're not able to make new memories? Is that one of the initial problems? Yes, and then they start forgetting things, Uh, forgetting people, forgetting how to drive, forgetting where the house is, uh, forgetting um, how to get to the grocery store, 
it's not just losing your keys occasionally, but losing your keys, losing your, uh, you know, purse or wallet in the house over and over. Um, forgetting what we're going to do today. Uh, some of the early stuff can be helped by keeping, uh, you know, appointments uh, on a calendar or on the phone or something like that. But uh Forgetting to turn off the oven, forgetting to to lock the door, those kind of things. Things that you spent your whole life making subconscious, you know, you turn mm-hmm. off the oven, you know, right. subconsciously. If you're OCD or obsessive, you watch yourself turning off the oven so that you know you've did it, done it, so that you don't have to go back and, you know, look again. But Alzheimer's people forget regular normal things okay the Uh, regular normal things that everybody nobody usually has any problem remembering right um how to step on the brake wow step on the brake and step on the accelerator at the same time um when someone is older and starting to have little accidents Hitting a, usually hitting something that isn't moving, you know, hitting a pole, hitting a stanchion, hitting, you know, the uh, one person I knew said that the car kept jumping into reverse and she hit a couple people behind her waiting in line. And of course, the car cannot jump into reverse. Right. And the car was taken in and looked at several times. And then when she died, somebody took the car in to sell it. And there were no brakes. She had used brakes, stepping on them when she stepped on the accelerator. So, wow. you know, the, that kind of hitting things uh, that don't move is a, maybe a sign that you need to okay. stop driving. Okay. My, my, um, my father, um, at 86, had a cardiac bypass operation. And was practicing law before the operation, uh, and maybe he wasn't quite as bright as he had been, but he was still smarter than me. Um, so after the operation, he was demented, and I was shocked at this. He was completely demented after the operation, and they said like tinnitus, or it worsened his frontal lobe dementia or something from the bypass machine, and. Um, it made me think of, you know, do atrial fibrillation people, or is this just part of aging that you lose the the uh, vasculature uh, connections in your frontal lobes? But that didn't have anything to do with Alzheimer's and plaques, and I was just amazed at how devastating it was that he went from a functional lawyer to couldn't recognize anybody after the operation. Sorry. Um, he must have had an you know, an oxygen failure in important parts of his brain during the operation, during the the bypass. Um, He could have had early something, and that made it much worse all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, many little uh, heart attacks, or I mean strokes, like AFib, atrial fibrillation, can cause dementia. Uh, frontotemporal dementia, which often we don't recognize until very late, uh, is usually multi-infarct dementia. 
those with diabetes, and uh, you know you can have silent heart attacks. Also, hypoglycemic attacks seem to to happen a lot, uh, and that and increases the risk of infarct, multi-infarct dementia. Um, the frontotemporal dementia is the little old lady who's absolutely uh, impossible to live with. Um, everything has to go her way. Everything has to be done her way. Um, they just get the they're the most cranky of the demented people, and they lose their memory last. So first, they're just being cranky and mean. Oh, how! Yeah, um, yeah. Huh. it does. It really does. Happen. And then after a while, they start losing things, uh, like the ability to read or li- listen to the television. Uh-huh. Uh, I had one patient who said, "I can't see. I need better light. Take me back to the eye doctor." Um, she was a big reader, and we went to low vision clinic and blah blah blah. And nothing, they said, your eyes are better than mine. And they got the lights and everything. And it just turned out that she couldn't remember the second sentence from the first. And it wasn't the reading because the tape, books on tape, she couldn't do that either. So, I mean, and she didn't realize it. And so she was, you know, telling her daughter to do this and that. And it wasn't, it was forgetting. Couldn't do the remote eventually. And then started forgetting. And then, as all people forget at the end, they forget the learned behaviors. Um, If you're driving, how to make a left turn. Um, How to uh, turn on the remote. How to use the microwave. Uh, um, Of course, with electronics and the elderly being of a different generation, those, those kind of things go first often. You know, how to use a computer, um, how to use a number lock, um, how to use a stove. So, and then that. Yeah, Dr. Okay. Rosenfeld. So, it sounds to me like people with dementia, they're forgetting these um, experiences or skills or learned processes, but they're also losing a certain amount of self-awareness or self-consciousness about their forgetting like they're they're not aware that they're forgetting these things is that correct i would say so wow so i you you bring up an interesting point to me in the hospital it always interested me that you had uh cranky dementia like you were talking about and happy dementia yeah um, and I never knew why some people seem to be angelic with their dimension, others not at all. It's just the flip of a coin. Um, it may be the type of dementia. Frontotemporal dementia are very cranky and willful, huh. their way or no way. Huh. Okay. Frontal, uh, okay. Okay. And 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 nobody will realize they're demented. They still can call their friends on the phone. And things like that. Remember the phone numbers. Um, of course, nowadays nobody has to remember any phone numbers. Right. right? You just program them. But um, then they forget behaviors mm. like uh, getting to the bathroom on time, 
uh, wearing clothes, uh, things like uh, yeah. eating. So, so this brings up a subject. When I was an internist in the office, it was very difficult for me, and I would say it's one of the worst um, scenarios. And I'm, I'm actually remembering this one couple, nice uh, elderly woman, you know, 80 years old with this larger husband um, who was demented, and she was distraught at him wanting to cook things at 2 a.m. when she was asleep and doing these sort of dangerous things or not turning the stove off, that sort of thing. But she had sworn to him that she wouldn't put him in a nursing home if he got demented. And the social aspects of this always struck me as a lose-lose situation. Um, And I know that there are dementia units like at Mountain View, Assisted Living, and Brookside. But um, what are your views of how to handle such a sociologically difficult situation? And Cobb wants to... I'm just going to interrupt for a moment and let everybody know who may be just tuning in that you're tuned to KZYX. This is the Mind Body Health Show. Um, We're joined today by our host, Dr. Marvin Trotter, and our guest, Dr. Joanne Rosenfeld. Uh, My name is Cobb. I'm engineering. And um, kind of where I'd segue with Marvin's question, Dr. Rosenfeld, is if you could speak to the title of your book, uh, caring for your friend with dementia, what it's like to be, you know, a patient and somebody who's caring for somebody with dementia. Well, you know, the Chinese did a study and they said that uh, the maybe it was Japanese the, uh, that they would that women would care for their own mother much before much longer than they would care for their mother-in-law unless they had a good relationship. Um, it. Caretakers are important, essential, and and uh, their health is very um, affected by taking care of a demented person. Um, the scene you you suggested happens all the time. The first question is: Will many older men are very private, and they don't want anybody seeing them naked or helping them to the bathroom? Or helping them shower. That's the biggie. And so the poor lady is trying to help him when he's, you know, six foot two, 240 pounds, and she's 110. And then there's falls and all sorts of things. Some older people will bond with with caregivers that are from IHSS. Uh, IHS, social services will pay um uh, a certain number of hours for some people, for people who need it uh, financially, who don't have the money to pay financially, or you can hire people. You don't have to hire a nurse. You can hire your friend from next door if your husband ex- And uh, many, m- many older um, people don't want their children or grandchildren seeing them naked or helping them bathe or something like that. So that's the first thing to get through. We have we had a lady that lives way out on uh, Brook, not Brook Trails, on um, way out in the hills, not way out, but you know. And she's in split level. Mm-hmm. Walked. 
but how would she get him down the stairs? Can you repeat so, that last statement? Our, our engineering our, process disrupted. Okay. There was a couple, and the older husband was large and hard to move and demented. And the wife was afraid that with fire, she'd have to get out quickly, but she didn't have anybody around. Um, ultimately, she hired a large male um, caretaker to be with her during the days. So she had somebody. Uh, but we also, we found um, a, a, him out of the house and into the car. Um, you know, so each situation is slightly different. You bring up one point that I've always wondered. Why is it the guy that's usually demented in the relationship first? He's older. Hmm. Really? Um, Just that? That's a biggie. I mean, okay. um, you know, they're, they're more likely to have heart disease. They're more likely to have heart disease earlier and years earlier than the woman. And so they're more likely to, I don't know, oh. throw multiple infarcts, you know. Okay. So the coronary artery disease translates to also your brain disease i think that's true with my brother he's five years older but he's becoming demented but he had a bypass at 65 and had terrible heart disease and i guess the health of his cardiac arteries uh, reflects the health of his cerebral arteries absolutely so except they're less accessible <laughs> right you can't bypass them you can't bypass them. You know, this is something that you see in the emergency department a lot. The elderly patient that's demented that comes in with the hip fracture because they fall very easily or they, you know, these other things happen to them. And I remember when I was driving over, you talked about their safety, that that the goals of care of dementia patients. What, what were the two uh, points you made? Safety and comfort. Could you just, um, talk about that a little bit, safety and comfort? Because I think that a lot of people have all kinds of things that they want to do, but they really need to focus on these two issues. Well, safety, and it may not be what the patient wants, what the, the, the older person wants. Um, can they live alone? A lot of old people in Ukiah are living alone. Making sure that they're having someone call. Um, then, after you make sure they're okay, um, like I really suggest the Lifeline or the uh, one of those services, so that if they fall and they're conscious, they can press a button, and um, it, the, the service will call their son or nine one one. The longer you're stuck on the floor the more likely are you are to get sick or die so um and if you're living alone you need to have a way to call someone now my patients don't like wearing the necklace or the bracelet because it 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 you know stigmatizes them but uh and they say oh i'm carrying my phone yes you're carrying your phone but uh do you take your phone to the bathroom in the middle of the night so when you mention falls, 
What's the association with dementia and falling? Is it like a loss of motor skills or balance, or just they go correlate because of older age? Can you speak to that? Well, there's a lot of things that cause um, balance problems, uh, lack of sensation in the feet due to diabetes or old age or bad circulation, uh, balance problems. Um, but obviously falls are a biggie. Uh, there was a Canadian study where they had them walk 20 feet. And the people who could walk easily were much like, less likely to fall and much less likely to be demented. Hmm. Um, the people who get up from a sitting position on the floor without trouble were more likely not to have a fall. Um, the bathroom is just a catastrophe waiting to happen. I mean, there's little spaces, there's, uh, you know, um, you're getting up, you're getting down, you're half awake, uh, you're half undressed, then you're dressed again. Um, bars in the bathroom, all over the bathroom, not just in the shower. The shower, of course, is, diff- is a, a very big place where people can fall and not be able to get out. Uh, ask 911 how many calls are, I'm stuck in the bathroom, in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah, in the, um, in the ER, I I can't tell you hundreds of times. It's almost like a mouse trap, the bathroom. Yes, mm. yes. So um, when you say bars in the bathroom, bathroom, you're talking about as a as a safety major, recommending to our listeners that our caregivers that bathrooms have handholds. Is that correct? Yes, I I don't mean drinks. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, handles handles in the shower. Uh, uh, and then we get to shower seats, okay? Um, or not taking a shower alone, not you know, or not alone in the house to leave. Have somebody else. So if you call out, there'll be somebody there. Um, we at the hospice we have personal aides for our hospice patients who will come in twice a week and give them a shower, just so there's somebody else in the house when when they need a shower. Um, let's see what else. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, there's an article in the New York Times this mm-hmm. Sunday of all the electronic aids that are now available to, to, it for your house. You can call out and say, Alexa, call 911, you know, or there are things, there are, uh, gyroscopes that you can wear that will determine if you fall and, and either, blow up like an airbag or um wow dial 911 for you or your son or something uh, yeah they're and they're between you know 80 and 200 dollars um there are things so there the things that attach to deadbolts on your front and back door so, and you can tell you say alexa close the door or uh it will tell you whether the door is locked or not Stoves are another one. The kitchens are another place where a lot can happen. Um, in England, they have switches on all their plugs to turn the switch off. You know, so even if the demented person wants to cook, the the oven is off. You can't, you know, and they can't remember enough of how to turn it on. Um, I would unplug the stove if they're living alone and 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 leaving it on. Uh, I would go to teapots that turn themselves off, and 
microwaves. Microwaves do burn things, but they're a little less. They're a little harder to burn mm. unless you put in One, silverware. You you bring up this uh, discussed discussed places like Mountain View assisted living because I agree with you. In the emergency department, um, there must be hundreds, hundreds of especially elderly women that are living alone or have a demented partner. And I'm, and it's always amazing to me how fixated they are about staying in the house when I think they should be somewhere else. Well, women have an average of living eight years past the death of their husband. Wow. Uh, and everybody's kids are all over the place at this point. We only have two kids or three kids, not nine. There was a good reason for nine. Um, and certainly, you would want to stay in your house. I would want to stay in my house. Any everybody wants to stay in their house. Um, and also, people don't want help, or don't want to ask for help, or don't want to be holden to somebody. Um, they, I, I have run a service. Um, you know how people childproof their house when yeah. they're pregnant. Uh huh. You know, sit on the floor and see where there's sharp edges and where there's plugs and put guards on the plugs. Well, you should elder-proof your house or the house of your mother. Wow. Okay. Uh, start, you know, for example, getting into a car. First of all, you don't have a giant truck that you're going to take your mother <laughs> to the doctor with. Okay? Um Secondly, there are things like lazy... There's hundreds of things. Things like lazy Susans that you can put on the seat of the passenger side and so she can sit on it and then turn to get mm. into the car there are rails uh that you can put on the on the door of the car passenger side so she has something to hold on to when she gets out um saying similarly there's all sorts of bars that not to keep her in the bed but to help her get out of the bed um, that go to the ceiling or or and then there's of course restraints in England obviously they either have more older people or they're more aware of the subject <laughs> they if you fall out of bed they take they take the bed away and put your mattress on the floor wow. um, so you don't fall out of bed now just because someone's demanded doesn't mean that if they break their hip they don't need anything you before you become demented you should, you know, say what you want done and what you want, you know, you should fill out, this is a big point, your power of attorney for health care, your daughter, That's... your friend, your husband, um, your granddaughter, so that they know what you want if you get demented. And you might want to put in your, your memorial stuff and stuff, but you don't have to. Uh, there's the pulse, which was done by our our colleague in uh, in uh, Boonville. Um, yeah, yeah, Mark Apple. Uh, it's bright pink, and it should be filled out and put on your refrigerator and give a copy to your power of attorney for health care and uh, taken with you if you go to the hospital. Um, so those are those are that's what everybody should do. What let's see when they reach fifty or sixty. Um, we we you know. should we should stop and start taking phone calls. I okay. think this will be a good time. What, one more thing, okay. you, you know, comfort is the second thing. And if somebody falls and is totally demented, 
and breaks a hip. Fixing the hip is part of the comfort. I mean, you can't walk if your hip doesn't get fixed. If she's or if he already has Parkinson and and isn't walking, maybe the hip doesn't need to be fixed. But uh, you know, you wouldn't do bypass surgery on someone who is demented. Mm-hmm. Or you would you would only do emergency surgery. I mean, you you might you might think differently, but right. Okay. All right, well, we'll open up the phone lines for listener questions with our guest, Dr. Rosenfeld. We're talking about dementia, and um, she's written a book called, let's see, what was the title again? Caring for Your Friend with Dementia? Yes. Yeah. So if you have a question uh, uh, and you're listening out there, the number to dial in to the studio to ask your question is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. And the question I have for you, Doctor, is could you outline in a little bit more detail the the timeline of development of dementia? Because what you were just describing, it sounds like there's some common timeline where there's an ability to maybe prepare for the onset of this experience. That's the saddest thing when somebody finds out they they have Alzheimer's or something. Um, it's sort of like what it was, uh, Flowers for Algernon. Do you know that book? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Good book. Interesting. What, story. What's the name of the book? Flowers, Flowers for, for Algernon. Algernon. Yeah, but that one's like a, a kind of a science fiction. Well, the guy is mentally retarded, and they give him a medicine, and he learns 22 languages, and then it starts fading. Right. And so that must be feel terrible. Um, two to three years, usually, from the from the dedication that you guess she he has dementia to um, death. Uh, the Swedish study said something like 50% of their people were in homes within three years. Mm. I, I find it compelling that you bring up flowers for Algernon. It's a bit of a digression, but um, in addition to that analogy, the experience of dementia, I was always struck in that book by the um, parallel comparison to happiness associated with knowledge or the lack of it. That came with the main character's mood. Well, I, I, I think it's 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 a mercy that many people with dementia don't know what they are. Oh they are. wow! So that that association you would say is is a part of that experience also. Right. Wow. And the paranoia and the hallucinations, uh, and the delusions. One lady was sure her neighbor was digging up her tulip bulbs and taking them away. Oh. Other people hear hear people in the house or, you know, things like that. And you can't, it's a delusion. You can't change it. But they're really experiencing fear and the stress and anxiety associated with that. It, it's part of the dementia. Yeah, yeah wow. Okay, we have a caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Uh, I wanted 
to say that uh, occupational therapists, part of the rehab team of physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy in a rehab setting, are trained in, in psychiatric treatment. And one of the things I wanted to mention to you, there's a great book out called The 36-Hour Day, and it's written by a therapist about dealing with um, dementia patient and all the things that she did in her house and all the techniques that she developed, like the doctor has said, you know, one of the things for a stove is to take the knobs off the stove. That's one of the things she did. So there's a 36-hour day. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that there's a simple test called the mini mental, Minnesota mini mental test. And it's, I think it's the one that they gave Donald Trump. Anyway, uh, it's, <laughs> yes. predictive of, it's predictive of uh, if you get a certain score, there's a like 80% chance that you'll need to be uh, having caregivers. And then at a different, more severe score, you might be needing to be institutionalized. And that's a easy 10 question screening test that you can do for mini mental. Many doctors do that. Um, and the third thing I wanted to mention is that if you can find an occupational therapist, uh, which they're hard to find in Mendocino they County, are. in your home health agency, we do home safety um, screenings. We make sure you can get out of your house in, ca- in case of a fire in a timely matter. We take a watch and and time your exit. And we do the grab bars in the bathrooms, and we do the standing poles by chairs, and we check the height of your toilet and um, non-slip rugs in your bathroom and automatic lighting that comes on at night so you don't trip on your dog and uh, things like that. So I just wanted to put in a plug for occupational therapy and tell the doctor what a good job she's done in explaining all the little intricacies of um, dealing with a uh, partner who is has Alzheimer's because what we saw mainly is that we treated the caregiver as much as we treated the patient to try to Absolutely. keep the caregiver safe and alive. Uh, before you. you go, caller, so... To any of you three, Marvin or our guest, how does a person reach out for occupational therapy? Is there, like, contact information for Mendocino County? There aren't any. You, uh, you, you have doctor to go has to give to the home referral. health agencies, and you get a referral from a doctor, and you usually go through a home health agency. And there are occupational therapists in private practice. Okay, very uh, good. Thanks. All right. I, I think she makes um, a great point about occupational therapy. could be very helpful in the situation. They have looked at almost everything you could possibly think of. Dogs, cats, gardens, uh, music, uh, singing, uh, occupational therapy, taking walks. Um, all of that helps the demented person hold on to themselves better. Uh, in the gardens, they found that the, the, the people did better. The gardens weren't too good. But, you know. Is that why the English all have gardens? But go ahead. 
<laughs> maybe but socialization in any way shape or form going to church going to you know anything helps the trouble is the poor you know i wrote the book for the caregiver because often they don't get help first of all they they can't do it 24 7 or 36 hours a day they need help uh if you don't get sleep you can't care give and and one of the things the demented person does is mixes up day and night or gets up at night 16 times to go to the bathroom and absolutely uh the caregiver cannot live with that uh or stay they get sick um 24 set they have to have a day off if to do nothing but sleep or and more than just go to the grocery store right. and get their hair done. Right. We have, another, um, we have another phone call for you. Okay. Hi, doctors. My name is Carrie Lee, and I was just listening to your program as I was driving, and I pulled off just because um, one of the things that I think that kind of people don't realize that as people get more and more demented, um, as goes the brain, so goes the gut. And in my own experience, when I did not know this, when my mother-in-law seemed still in a little bit too good a shape to just not be eating well, like she still had the enjoyment of, of um, things that we would do, I thought, gosh, I should get her an appetite stimulant. And then after that, it became all about helping her not to be constipated. So one of the things that I try to articulate to anybody who's dealing with that is that if the person doesn't really show much interest in food anymore, there may actually be a reason, and maybe it's not such a great idea to um, try and get appetite stimulants and then deal with the other problem, because the gut just doesn't do its job very well anymore. And I'm... <laughs> anyway, thank you okay. for taking my call. Thank you. Sometimes... Um, early dementia people get very caught up in something little like i want new teeth uh the other thing of course is constipation and they start taking laxatives and writing things down or they may have all their paperwork from 1923 in a pile that they take to the doctor every day um i had a patient he was a brilliant man he was an admiral um he was a jet fighter pilot you know, and landed on those big ships. He, he when he left the, the Navy, he became a lawyer and did pro bono work for classmates and other <sighs> Marines and Navy people. And he was losing weight, 40 pounds he lost. Um, and we worked him up from top to bottom, couldn't find anything. Very nice, very verbal. Um sent him to Hopkins where they worked him up from top to bottom. And it turned out finally that he was dousing himself with laxatives, about 10 different laxatives that he had hidden around the house because he was so worried about a constipation. And uh, when his wife found them all and threw them out, he, he did, he, he wasn't constipated, but uh, you know, he was demented. Amazing. Amazing. We have another phone call for you. Oh, we lost that one. Well, if you just tuned in, this is KZYX Radio. You're listening to the Mind Body Health Show. Our host is Dr. Marvin Trotter, and our guest is Dr. Rosenfeld, uh, author of a book. 
called Caring for Your Friend with Dementia, and that's the subject we're discussing today. If you've been listening and you have a question for our guest, call 707-895-2448, and we'll get you live on the air to ask your question. And just, okay, here we have another call. Oh, we have one right now, doctor. Hold on. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Hi, this is uh, not a question, it's a comment. And that is that uh, on the coast, if you live near uh, the hospital, uh, there is occupational therapy. Great. Because someone had said not in Mendocino County, I think. But yes, there is. Okay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Two two other little things. One is you sh- the caregiver should be told to try to remember the person before he got demented. You can't think about what you're the person you're taking care of as you know that's my husband. You you have to think about my husband over the last forty years and remember him that them that way. Um, also, there's the the whole ethics question. Um, if you're doing something for the good of the patient, but he doesn't want to do it, you know, where does that line get crossed, and is it okay mm. to cross that line? Good point. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's a good point. You know, because I'm sure that a lot of people know you need to do this, you need to do this when they don't want to. Um, I think that I, I want to, again, bring up the difficulty of being caregiver. All I saw was guilt, guilt, guilt. Um, yes. And the, and the poor caregiver and who's expected to do a Herculean job. And like you say, they need help. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they need some time off to begin with. They may need some therapy, uh, counseling, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I rem- remember uh, being told by my therapist that I didn't have to go every day to the nursing home. I could go every other day. And that felt like, oh, thank you, God. You know, somebody's, uh, but it is, it, it does help an amazing amount. Um, most of the time, the old people who are getting demented are cared for by daughters or wives. Um, and, and they've been telling their mother or their father to do things, all, you know, I'm sure you all know your kids know everything. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. And so to be told you can't live at home anymore by yourself is awfully threatening to the patient. And we have another caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Oh, we lost them. So I'm curious. Um, I have heard stories about uh, patients with dementia and you know, you mentioned mean dementia, and I know there's also cases with actual violence. Is that very prevalent, or is that a rare thing? Can you speak to that? It doesn't happen to in most people, or many people, even with <coughs> dementia or any brain, you know, brain injury. Uh, the personality can change, and the the frontal. Uh, cortex, especially in frontotemporal dementia, uh, is affected, and that's the part that deals with our our ego and our control and aggression control. Um, I had 
two 83-year-olds who were married, and he had a stroke, and he got very cranky and started accusing his wife of uh, having sex with a neighbor. Oh, no. And he even would get a knife and go after her. We and have I another. Said, Aren't you worried? Um, yeah. Oh, go after her with a knife. We have another call that I want. Okay. Oh, well. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. Go ahead with your question. Thanks for taking my call. Um, this is also a, a shout out for MTA. Uh, I have seen our drivers, our bus drivers, helping uh, folks uh, on the bus and, and keeping them mobile as much as they can. So I would like you to just speak to uh, possibly uh, how important it is for, uh, to keep folks in their home, what, um, our, what a bus service, uh, a really good bus service in the area has to do, um, the percentage of, what, of being able to stay mobile in your home what a good bus service does for the community, especially for the elder community. And I'm, and leading into my question, um, when you're moving at a certain speed, uh, just looking out the window at 25 or 30 miles an hour, does that help keep your uh, brain active, uh, mm. recognizing places as you move uh, Interesting in a fast, faster motion? We'll Thanks. see what she says. Um, bus services are very important. Many, one of the first things to go, of course, is uh, driving. And many old people can't, they've lose, lost part of their cones and rods and they can't see at dark at night or at bright lights. And so if you notice, most elderly homes, um, elderly uh, homes, like the new one right behind Rite Aid, um, are within walking distance of a grocery store. So bus service is very important and you can get, you know, you can get the elderly ride. Getting bus service with wheelchair access is another thing that is important. And um, any kind of stimulation is good. Um, Would you comment on physical you know, therapy and the demented patient in physical therapy? That's great. Any kind of social situation, exercise, swimming, um, when they're still able, taking a walk, um, which is free and easy to do. Uh, you, if you think she's going to fall, you can get a belt. She can use a walker. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do it. With, or you can put her in a wheelchair and just take her for a walk. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot you can do with therapy okay we have another caller welcome to mind body health you're live on the radio go ahead with your question so i'm sorry i'm double dipping but i think one of the most difficult things to do with somebody with dementia especially a an old rancher who's been in charge of a ranch all his life is taking away his driving privileges and um you can go to a driving school and, and actually get him tested, or um, there are driving uh, rehab centers in Santa Rosa that can assess their safety to drive. Good point. Thank you. Good. I think Dr. Rosenfeld said that a lot, that driving is a big issue, maybe one of the most important early signs of getting into trouble, too. Um, the Even the... The uh, what is it? The motor vehicles 
has a wet, you know, when they're over 70 and someone's over 70, they may take them to a place a couple blocks away from the MVA and say, go back to the office. Can you remember how to get there? Uh, in, in getting licenses in older people. So what's your sense of the stigmatization around dementia? Um, can you speak to that a little bit in both d dementia diagnosed patients um, and their caregivers? Well, you know, you'd think if somebody was getting demented, you want to know who he was. Uh, wearing a bracelet, uh, if, they're, if they're a wanderer or if it might get lost or if you're taking them on a plane, for God's sake, a bracelet with their name and address and their telephone number and I have dementia, please take care of me. Um, there have been people who've been wandering the streets and were thought to be psychotic and were really just demented or and off their sugar or something and end up in a, in, in, a, in jail for a couple of days until it all gets straightened out. Um, and people don't like to wear those things. They don't like to wear the, the necklaces and the bracelets. Um, and that's the, the stigma. Um, people are pretty understanding if they know the person has dementia. Mm-hmm. And we're coming right up on the end of our hour. Thanks so much for being with us, uh, Dr. Rosenfeld. One more thing. There's oh, yeah, no easy way to get someone to, into a nursing home for dementia because it isn't covered. It's not covered by long-term health insurance. It's not covered by Medicare. It's not covered by Medicaid. I mean, uh, there are uh, rest homes and nursing homes, and but they cost. And uh, the better they are, the more they cost. We don't we don't have a good setup in this country, or in any country maybe, for demented people. So, in your in your opinion, um, what is? I mean, obviously, it's important, fundamentally important, that people want to stay in their homes, and they're staying in their homes. And what is your opinion on the importance of somebody being able to stay in their home? That is the best. If they could get a uh, nephew or a granddaughter or just a well-paid person to live with them, uh, that would be, they could stay in their home much longer. Um, and, and is that um, a big deal in terms of the progression of the disease itself? I mean, I know it's a you know big cultural value and there's all sorts of values around it, but as far as the experience of dementia, is that? Hold a pretty yeah, that's high a value. Good study to see if, if staying in their home make, but what is your outcome? It doesn't slow the dementia. Uh, it might make them more comfortable. Right. Uh, it may make them happier, but, uh, you know, it doesn't slow the dementia. One thing that uh, I've always wanted to see happen, now that you bring this up, is I always thought that all these um elderly patients or people living alone would get a college student that needs a free place to live and you'd right. have somebody in the house the college student is ecstatic because they're not paying rent from an apartment they cannot find anyway and so you yeah. have a young person in the house all the time and um anyway college students find a college student so it doesn't cost you anything and they're they would be very happy yeah, uh multi-generational families are also good. 
um, in Sweden, I think they have homes where the people live in apartments with dementia, eat together, you know, little villages. Yes, but I'm that. And we need, we're going to get off the air. We need your phone number so people can find you. Yeah, go, go beyond that. Uh, let people know the title of your book and, you know, contact information where they might look to find it online uh, and physically. Caring, caring for your friend with dementia. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle on Amazon. Uh, there's also five copies for sale at the Mendocino Bookstore in Ukiah. Um, and my off, I work with Dr. Rushton. He's at 866-Door Street, South Door Street, and the number is uh, 462-8603. 462-8603. Thank you very much for the interesting lecture. And thank you very much for letting me be here. And we're coming up on the end of our hour. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Dr. Marvin Trotter, thanks again for another show. Um, Couldn't do it without you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.